This is Horum with Horum's Quorum. And my guest today is Avanti Bikane. Avanti is a partner at Gordon Reese. And Avanti is a collector of people and she's a connector of people. I've certainly benefited from the relationships that she has. And so I wanted to spend a little more time to learn what makes her tick and how she uses relationships to navigate her life. And here's Avanti. Hey, Avanti. Hey. I'm laughing because I've obviously been trying to get this work for the past too many minutes okay. to get uh, this recording working. Um, you know what? I thought I'd begin. I, I think there's lots of interesting things that we can talk about and uh, we've known each other for a little bit. And so there's, some, there, there's, you know, I've known you for some time now and I, I think you're somebody who um, there's a lot we can talk about, but the thing that you share with me recently is that and this makes sense to me. And I should have thought to say this about you myself. A friend said of you that uh, Avanti collects people. What, is, what does that mean? Yeah. So, um, and I think when we were talking, I was telling you she was really just making fun of me. But, um, you know, what, what I bet happened was we were at dinner or something with this friend and someone else must have said, oh, my God, I met Avanti in this crazy fashion, too. Like, we just pick people up around the world and then stay friends with them. So, yeah, for the first time, she was like, Avanti just collects people. Um, essentially saying that, you know, uh, it kind of just picked people up and then we become pretty close friends to where when you hear those stories about how we met, people are like, this is just, this is weird. <laughs> when did you, like, is that something you started in college? Is that afterwards? Was that as a lawyer? When, when do you think that started? Yeah, good question. Um, honestly, that was probably just pretty young when I just would, I, I feel like I just kind of know, like, man, I really like this person. And I, I might sort of sense that, um, off the bat a little bit, um, you know, in, in any social setting or even at work, I just kind of get a sense for like, yep, you're going to be one of my people. And then I just collect them. So how much did your, this is kind of interesting, your style affect the kind of work that you chose? Um, you know, cause you know, the kind of work that I, I have focused on IP, it's pretty cerebral. It's, it's not historically been known for being very people driven. Do you think that any of the kind of work you chose being an attorney at all, or the kind of work you've done has been influenced by that skill set that you kind of knew that you, your work would play to that strength? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I've always sort of, so when we talk, you more than probably most people sort of have focused on like, this is what I like to do and this is what I'm going to do or not going to do or whatever it may be. And so I say that because I think personality probably played into me saying, I'm not going to be a doctor. That's just, it's not happening. So the only other choice I have is lawyer, which is silly, but honestly how I thought. Um, and beyond that, like I just, you know, went to a firm where I had an opening to go and then the work was there in the practice group I was in, which was a lot of class acting consumer stuff. So I, I joined it. Um, so I don't really make these decisions. They just kind of happen is how I feel. And so with your people collecting, I, I asked a little, you a little about this recently, but what, what forms take that? Cause you, you're really busy with work. How, I'm just kind of curious, maybe even just like tactically, how, how do you do it? It's just kind of happenstance. You just say, Oh, I thought of this person, I'm going to connect them. And, and, and what does that even look like? I mean, I guess I, it's not something I've done for a while. So I, I just don't even know. And maybe it's something I could do more of. So I guess I'm just interested in learning more about like what you do. Cause I imagine it's a variety. It's imagine it's not just like one way of connecting people. Yeah, fair question. So um, yesterday might be a good example. So Reese, um, I don't know, actually probably a couple months ago on LinkedIn, um, this woman that I was an RA for in college 
and I was pretty tight with, she reached out and she's like, by the way, I live in Chicago. You know, this is what I'm doing. I'm actually in law school. And she kind of, she started law school. I want to say it. she's like a evening student 3L. So um, I wouldn't fully call it a second career, but certainly had been doing a lot prior. And so she reached out, we were traveling as, as we are a lot and we just like never made it happen to meet up. And I thought of her for whatever reason uh, last week. And I, uh, we had exchanged numbers and I was like, uh, you know, we have, we have to meet up or zoom or whatever. And so we ended up doing it last night and that wasn't even planned. I was just like, are you up? Cause I'm drinking a glass of wine. I'd love to talk to you. Ended up talking for hours, you know, um, her boyfriend like came home from the gym or whatever, ended up talking to him. So I feel like this is like, I'm going to talk to her a lot. Um, and then, you know, she's in law school, she's applying at firm. So I was like, absolutely. I know people at that firm Let's get you in. So it just kind of, I guess socially happens, but then there's some connection to where we keep, you know, connecting. And do you, in your collecting, are you pairing? I think you mentioned before that you pair people. How do you do that? Yeah. Um, do you pair them like wine? I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just so natural, you know, where we're like, oh my gosh, we have a friend that does this. You've got, it, whether it's a hobby or job or an opportunity for one of the two, um, it just, it's like second nature for whatever reason. So, or maybe it, it is for everyone, but I, I think I just, the way I am, I'm like, Oh, I want to get this off my list. So I get actually make the connection where maybe a lot of times, and even with me, you'll be like, Oh, that's a great idea. Just the follow through isn't there. Yeah. I feel like um, you are, I, I think someone who, yeah, I feel like I can consistently turn to you and ask you for recommendation for someone to talk to and, I think every person you've ever introduced me to, I'm like, wow, that was a fantastic person that you introduced me to. That's exactly who I needed to talk to. Uh, so yeah, I think you're really good at getting to the core of what people need. Does that translate into client relationships? Like, have you found that skill set useful for the work that you do? Yeah. And it's not that I walk around thinking I'm good at it. It's just like, I'll give you an example from tonight. I had deposition prep just before we got on. And so I was largely, it's like a, a, a case that I have out West. I was largely just kind of listening in, but there were moments when I could tell that the person we were prepping just really wanted like some reassurance or that was a great answer. Or, You're doing great something um, where there was like this pause and you could hear the sigh after where they'd be like, Oh, thank you. Like, or, you know, a point where I'd say, Hey, you, you know, I just want to make sure you're totally comfortable with this. And they'd be like, okay, thank you for doing that. Cause people just don't always want to say, I'm not following what you're saying, dude. Um, so I think it, it certainly can help um, just in, in terms of really, you know, talking with people and especially maybe over the phone, I don't know, but when we're not right next to each other, you know, and communication is a little bit more difficult. So you're saying earlier that, you know, you, you feel like, you know, your, path was a little more happy since, Hey, like this firm was hiring and that's where I ended up. But I imagine at some point it got a little more strategic and a little more defined. Like when do you think that really started to happen for you? What was the point which you said, okay, like I'm really starting to get some form with, I have a, a vision for where I'm going. Yeah. I, I really, I don't know if that's a good or bad, it sounds sort of bad, but I, I really don't feel or do that much, but obviously like I moved firms and, and that required some thought. Um, so I think the way I work is if I'm like taking a path, I'm, I'm pretty cool with it as long as it's sort of leading somewhere. And then when I realize like this, there's an end of the road here, that's when I kind of, I'm like, okay, I got to pivot. I got to do something new. Um, so it's, 
it was more of that for me where I was like, okay, I, you know, I don't want to necessarily work under this person for the rest of my life. So if I want a new opportunity, I'm going to have to go get it. And what were you evaluating in a new opportunity? Um, so I, you know, I don't know when I make these decisions, but being at a law firm, I, I sort of along the way said, okay, I'm okay here. Like I, you know, I, I do good. I do well in this environment. And if, when I made that decision, I was like, I'm going to have my own book of business. I mean, that's how your independence, you know, it, that's how your independent power, everything stems from that at a law firm. So when I saw that that wasn't going to go the way that I wanted it to, if I was going to stay, then I was like, okay, then I'm young. I just made partner. I got it. If I'm going to move, I need to do it now. Um, so really that's what drove it. And so, you know, is client development kind of the thing that's at the top of your mind these days? Like what's, where does that fit into your plan right now? Yeah. Um, sometimes I feel like my plan is sort of changing, um, not, not drastically or super substantively, but I realized at a point I was like really focused on, okay, I want to make the next level. I want to make the next level and that's going to happen. And I, I don't know that it even changed the way I acted, but it was just this thing that had to happen. And I was at you know, a point semi-recently, I was like, I need to let that go, you know, and just do well, build good client relationships, get good work, do good work. So um, I think it is front of mind, but I've realized there's just a lot more to life than like focusing in on a certain metric or anything of that sort. You're very good at doing lots of things outside of work. So you travel, somehow you're managing to school, still pull that off. Right. Even in these challenging times, uh, you work out a lot, I feel like. Do you mm-hmm. do Peloton? I can't remember. I do, yeah. So. John, it's like the start to our day is working out every single day. Oh, what's your morning routine? I, I'm, I'm really into morning routines these days. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we switch off because we've got one Peloton. It would be crazy to have two. Um, <laughs> it would be crazy to do that together. That'd be a little crazy. Right. Um, but we, so we, I, this, I love talking about this, which is kind of silly, but we do T25. So like one of us will be doing T25, the other will be doing the Peloton. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar or not, like the videos. Is, is it like, P90X, that's another one with acronyms. I don't know. Yeah. What, what is T25? Yeah, no, no, no. It's exactly like that, but it's 25 minutes, which is why it's called T25. So um, just short little thing. It's been years actually that we've been doing it, but it's just so that we do that. Um, we're done with those and we go for a walk now. That's a new COVID thing for like, I don't know how long, 30 minutes or something. And then we come back, John makes breakfast and then we start our day. So it's pretty good. So what what do you feel like that morning routine does for you? Honestly, at like 1 p.m., I'm like, man, I did a lot today like already. So I love that. But yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it just provides for nice focus, I guess. Um, yeah, it's just, it, and it, it's a, a time working out. And I wouldn't say the walks anymore, unfortunately, but um, is a time where I just don't have my phone on me. And I just do so much. So that's just, a, you know, it's a nice time. Yeah, you know, it's uh, the morning routine is something that's new for me and my girlfriend. It's something that we started, you know, basically since since COVID. And before that, you know, I would always work out around noon. Like that was the way that I broke up the day. And that, there's a lot of great things about that. Uh, but, you know, I am becoming a big fan of, I always aspire to be a morning person. I always aspire to be someone who worked out in the morning regularly. In the past, I did, like when I lived in Chicago, I was kitty corner from a yoga studio. So I was able to just roll out of bed and go there. Um, but yeah, so this, the morning routine is a game changer. So it's cool that you guys have been doing that for years. What are your other routines? I mean, cause I feel like 
are you somebody who's very routine driven? Um, I can't think of another. I mean, the walks now have become routine and it just, I don't know what it is about something that you know is good for you. You're like, okay, I just, I mean, it makes sense, but I really want to fit that in. But now it's become like a thing where I'm like, well, we didn't do a walk this morning. Let's go for a longer one. You know? Um, yeah. But yeah, other than that, not, I might actually be the opposite. I just want things to switch up pretty often, but yeah, I can't think of another one other than, you know, horror, obviously. Cause that's the tough thing about the travel you're doing is I feel like that's, that's the hard part about travel is throwing a, a monkey wrench in the routine. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I kind of love, you know, it's almost like a facet of multitasking, but I love that we can travel and, you know, it, yeah, we don't get away from work, but the fact that we can like be in Hawaii and do a day's work is insane to me. I love it. Um, so props to technology for that, obviously, but yeah, I don't, I don't need to like sit in a certain place or do any, none of that, you know, like plop me down anywhere. I can do whatever. So. You know, I, you know, it's been a while since I've traveled for work, but yeah, something that I did love about it, especially in the place that I, I really love being in a place like New York is that you show up there and then you're so aware of time. You're like, okay, like I'm really aware that if I'm not, if I'm not, you know, getting this thing done then I'm wasting time in, in this great city and I can be having all this great food or walking around and seeing this cool stuff. So uh, yeah, I think travel is good for forcing yourself to be more aware of what to do with your time. What is travel like right now? I haven't had travel yeah. in a long time. Um, so it's interesting. We, we're going to Mexico on Monday. And so I say that because we've got, we've had this interesting phrase during this time, but security blanket around this because we've been going to these places that I know um, require negative tests like Maine for a week. And it's just like, it just feels different when you get there, you, you feel safer and you know, you don't obviously after getting off the plane, but it just feels like a place that like values the outdoors. And I don't know, it just, it's a great feeling. And so just had that in Hawaii again, um, where they were super strict and super safe. So now with Mexico, we're like, eh, kind of the opposite. So, um, I don't know. I've heard, I mean, we've seen and heard really good things about restrictions and all that, but obviously the numbers are, are not great anywhere. Certainly not there. So travel is, is weird doing the mask for the first time. First couple of flights was weird, honestly, super weird. Um, but like anything else, you get more comfortable with time and you figure out kind of your hacks and it, and we just feel 10 times luckier to be anywhere at this point. So what's, what's the payoff? Of course, I understand the notion of travel, but what does it feel like? What, why? It just seems like, it seems like a lot of work. Uh, and of course it's wonderful being in these places, but you know, of course there's, there's so many limitations on the things you can do right now. So what, what's, what's driving you to do this? Yeah, that's the thing though. I mean, there are limitations and the, the biggest place that we see that is like, you just don't know what restaurants are open. You don't know what they're doing, but there's so much more. I mean, I think it's the outdoors, honestly, like the hiking that we did in both Maine and Hawaii, I wouldn't give up for the, I mean, the, it was outstanding. It was just, it was amazing. And it's such a reset for work. That's why. Um, or for life rather. So yeah, I, I think it's the aspect that it's a reset and there's just something like that invigorates us about getting out of here, even though we love Chicago. Um, certainly doesn't hurt to have some sun in the winter here. So speaking of invigorating, so what, you know, so I know that you're active in, are you on the board from Napaba right now? I'm not, I rolled off what, last November. What other organizations are you in leadership roles for? Um, so right now, the thing that comes to mind first is the IADC, which is sort of new for me. It's International Academy of Defense Council or yeah, IADC. Um, 
So I am in there. I'm a part of their cyber committee and somehow got roped into doing like their publications. But mm-hmm. it's super cool in the sense that like the other day I was on the phone with a woman from London. It truly is international trying to kind of grab people to uh, write stuff up for us. And we had a great call where I just, again, so that's the value, but never would have met that person, right? Um, if I wasn't a part of this and honestly didn't get roped into doing the publication. So that's the biggest one. Um, there's some firm stuff I'm doing that kind of takes up that kind of time. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, I continue to do a lot with Saba Chicago and their advisory council, but I think that's it. Be great. So what what have you? I mean, like you've kind of uh, experienced a lot already in terms of leadership roles. I mean, particularly through Nepal, and I guess I didn't explain it, but you know, that's you know, a bar association for Asian attorneys, and that's a pretty wide swath of people. Um, but so, like, what I, I guess I haven't really asked you, what have you gotten out of it? What was that experience like? I mean, I, I've been involved in Nepal, I've been involved in Saba, but not at the, at the level that you have. So, what would you say? For someone who is thinking about charting a path in these organizations, and it's a long haul, it's a lot of work to, you know, to get to the top of these organizations, you know, what would you say to someone that was considering going down that path? How do you, how do you think about whether you want to do it and, and what you should, how you should think about approaching it? Yeah, those are a couple of great questions. So I think the first thing that comes to mind, it doesn't directly answer, but, but hopefully this, this would resonate with people is you know, the first thing I think of with Saba, with Napaba is some of our best friends um, come from those organizations. And again, never would have met them otherwise, um, whether it's, you know, through the, the conventions or through the board. And, and these are people we travel with now. I mean, just, just awesome. Beyond that, I, you know, there's an element of, I don't think it's wrong to say, hey, I want to be a leader in this org. It is super valuable to, to this kind of goes both ways, but to get to know the org a little bit before saying that, because and, and a lot of us by nature just say, oh, you know, I, I kind of like to be a leader. I'm gonna, I want to take a leadership role. And in both Saba and Napaba, truly by happenstance, I ended up joining the, the board of Saba like my second year as a lawyer. I, I don't know if that's accurate anymore, but something like that where someone was just like, you should do this. We need someone. And I just got, I mean, it wasn't even contested, nothing, you know, and I stuck with it. Um, for Napaba, kind of the same, like we have a, an alternate or no, it was just regional governor for central region, our um, region here in the Midwest. And they were like, we need someone. And I don't, oh, actually it was actually, there were a couple of people that ran, but the way I ended up doing it, I didn't even know what I was getting into. Honestly, the first day that I walked into our board meeting, I was like, wow, this one, it's a lot of people. And two, these people are like really seasoned, you know, just super intelligent, accomplished individuals. I was like, what am I doing here? So, you know, it, I fell into both. Um, but maybe, you know, getting to know the org before trying to take a leadership role works. But on the flip side of that, you get so thrust in that it's an awesome way to, to learn the organization as well. And, and I would be hard pressed to think that anyone who didn't want to build relation or anyone who wanted to build relationships wouldn't get a ton out of any experience like that. So what changed for you? I mean, has anything changed about how your, your outlook on the practice of law is? Because it's really interesting to um, build relationships with people in your practice or otherwise, just period, other attorneys, you know, to see, you know, in my experience, you see such a wide variety of practice here things people do, um, you know, kinds of firms are at, you know, I think geographic variety, I think you just learn there's just different pockets and ways of, of 
of practicing or even just like how people socialize. And there, there's so many things you learn from these kinds of national organizations. And I feel like it could change. I mean, I, I'm thinking about somebody who doesn't have those experiences and how limited their worldview would be about possibilities, you know, because like if you're a law firm, it's so easy to just like you're working all the time. You know, you're just like you're just like you're 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 it's so easy to be caught in, the, in a really small world if you want it to be. So I feel like I'm sure that this has totally broadened your horizons in some way, impacted what you thought was possible or, or what you wanted for yourself. So is there anything like that you can trace to and say, hey, you know, I feel like I, I look at you know where I'm headed a little differently now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you hit hit the nail on the head. Like I think you just see opportunity a different way when you're not in that bubble. Um, and it is super easy. And I think some people really like that bubble, right? I mean, there's mm -hmm. a sense of comfort, I'm sure there. Um, but it's really nice, kind of twofold to see, like, one, if I feel a little stuck, God, there are a ton of options out there. I mean, that's one thing that you can't miss when you look at Napaba, even Saba to some degree. It's just like even the variety of, um, it's really nice to see sort of our community, like in in-house roles, in government roles, in, you know, politics, like, all of that stuff, I think it just, you're right, opens the world of possibility up, up in a way that you can't ignore it. And so what impact has that had on your views on law from diversity? What have you learned from these experiences that's impacted your views on what law firms should or could be doing differently? Yeah, um, I think that it it was, it's always helpful to hear the stories of other people that I don't, you know, I don't know, again, if this is good or bad, but you sort of see these rock stars. And, you, and when you hear those personal stories about like, yeah, I struggled with this at my law firm and often related to diversity, sometimes not. It's just, it's eye-opening, honestly, um, because you just don't think of that stuff when you see them. That's not the, the person, the success, the, you know, the, the reputation, you just don't see that. So I think that's been helpful. I, I would love to see law firms sort of do less lip service on caring about diversity. And, and look, there are a ton of great initiatives and efforts. Um, I think it would be great to see firms really support the people that are doing, you know, um, anything good in any capacity. But, you know, if someone is on the public board, not just sort of doing the, you know, marketing write-ups or whatever, but taking an interest in that and saying, hey, what can we do to back you and sort of change this and work the initiative? So. I think there, I've seen good and bad um, from firms generally, but certainly like it just seems like two separate worlds a lot um, where there's Napaba doing a bunch of great stuff, putting people in great places. And then there's firms that are like kind of on the outside of that rather than being uh, connected and, and making those efforts together. So what is the change that you want? What, what, what's, I mean, I can only imagine because I, if I remember right, you're involved in diverse initiatives in your firm. And so what is it, what's the vision that you have for your firm or just, I guess, law firms in general? Yeah. So I think one thing our firm actually does really well, um, to the extent people participate in it is like, we recently hosted, um, our South Asian group hosted this, um, hosted our diversity committee meeting. So we ended up doing zoom, which is amazing. And it might, might've been the first zoom, at least in a while that we've done rather than phone call. And so it was national and a ton of people joined. Like it wasn't, you know, just South Asians. It wasn't Asians. It was everyone, you know, that wanted to join. And the coolest part about that was when we all got together, we could see each other. We talked, um, people seemed to really enjoy it. There were a couple of people that were new to the firm. And after they were like, hey, thanks so much like, to the wider group. Just that was awesome. That was a great welcome. So um, I think 
honestly, it starts with just, it's not just diverse people that are pushing diverse initiatives, right? It's got to be everyone. And coming to the Napaba convention, like coming to the gala uh, or anything like that, you know, whatever org, I think it, it takes that and it really makes a difference to, to have those folks see and feel sort of these communities and get to, you know, get to know people, get out of your bubbles, really. And so have you, do you have any change perspective for, you know, considering, you know, um, the importance of, say, a diversity in a law firm and considering historic obstacles, like what, what's changed for you with how you practice? What's changed with how you advocate for yourself or, or, or navigate a law firm? I think I've learned that, um, you know, you hear a lot about allies and sponsors and mentors and that stuff. And it's like, it's, um, it's, it's a topic that is easy for any sort of org to, to pick up or, you know, it's, it's always going to be important and it, it's touches everyone. So it makes sense to sort of talk about it. I, I didn't appreciate all those, like the terms or the, the roles, at least not to a point where I was like pointedly seeking out certain people for certain reasons. And I think what I've learned in the somewhat recent past is like, you really need those allies for whatever may come your way, um, or it certainly is beneficial to have them. And, and there's an element of like, just feeling comfortable um, when you have those folks. And so that's kind of what I'm working on right now. Um, Somewhat successfully, no, no thanks to me, but just those people sort of kind of happenstance again, but um, you know, running into them and, and having them say, Hey, I want to take you on. Let's do this together. Let's put your book, whatever it might be. Um, so I would say that that's been a change for me where I'm, I'm not just saying, Hey, these are my leaders. I'm going to get along with them. It'll be great. Um, but actually seeking out folks that I'm like, okay, I could, if I have something I want to get done, I want to do it with this person. And how much is, you know, in a law firm, how much is getting that mentor, mentorship and sponsorship about fitting in? Yeah. Um, so I, a lot probably, um, but that doesn't mean that that's what we should do. So I, I, I did recently, I recently learned that not just learned it, but learned it about myself where I was like, well, am I just doing that? Am I just being sort of, but not even, I don't think any person expressed that, that I should be a certain way, right? We can sort of pick up on that, but um, maybe a year ago or whatever the time frame is, I was like, I'm not just going to be sort of like everyone else. And and something John and I say that plays into this is we really like to um, have friends, family that make us better and we make them better. Like that's an important part of relationships for us. So I think it, that played into it where I was like, okay, if this is just sort of what we do and this is how I act and this is how these people act. There's no, um, none of that going on where I'm just sort of, you know, listening to stupid jokes and laughing or whatever. And I'm not really saying anything that's impactful or having great conversations, substantive that are improving me or these people, then I should stop doing that um, one. And I did, and I can tell you that it did change. Um, if I'm just, you know, I felt like not just being this person that I was being before, which worked out just, you know, wonderfully for everyone because no one was ever uncomfortable with anything I was saying or whatever, um, those relationships change, which is- Can, can you be, I feel like there's something specific you're, you're, you're thinking of. So can you tell me some more like what, what that, incident or incidents or experiences were like? Yeah, I think for me, and I'll be somewhat general about it, um, but it it was, hey, um, it was really seeking those those people out. So I think it was, well, I've got these people sort of in front of me that, 
you know, maybe you're supposed to be my champions or whatever, or, or help me to push to the next level. And I realized that that just wasn't going to happen. And that, that kind of sucks um, to, to think that. And it's, it's just logistically difficult if you're like, well, I got to go find someone else. Um, but I did. So, so that I know it's a bit general, but I, I think it's, um, you know, if I want to continue to sort of progress as a person and as a lawyer in, in the business sense, then I'm going to just need to seek kind of a different environment. I think you also mentioned something about, you know, fitting in and feeling free to be yourself and, you know, speak your own mind. I mean, is is there an incident about that that you can be kind of share some more about? Um, I don't think there's anything specific or like a specific situation I'm thinking of there. Um, I think it just was a, a, a an overall feeling where I didn't want to just sort of contribute to the culture that I was seeing slash observing anymore. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of meant that I would be an outsider to it. And I just had to be comfortable with that. So like, what are you doing differently now? Um, well, everything's different now with COVID, but I, I'm um, maybe more vocal about like, if we're putting on a certain event that I really kind of care about, or there's something outside of the firm that, that I think is awesome. I'll totally share that with, with everyone and knowing that maybe some people don't appreciate it slash won't really care about it. Um, but that really doesn't matter. Right. So I, I think it's, you know, and I'm, I'm maybe a bit more deliberate in reaching out to people that I know will, um, that, that stuff will have traction for or traction with, or, you know, something that would help, you know, young women that are coming up, whatever it may be. And just kind of putting my energy into that. You know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I haven't heard a lot of, you know, it seems like, okay, there's been some challenges with, you know, okay, you're progressing in a certain firm and then you decided to make a move. So there's definitely, and then you described just a other couple of challenges just now. And, you know, when I hear you describe these things, you know, uh, there's very little negative that you have to say. It just seems like you are a very constructive, positive person, an optimistic person. Where does that come from? How, how, how can someone else be more optimistic? What do you do? What are your habits you like? I feel like there's some sort of flossing type habit to this that, um, you know, it can't just be your, your winning personality. I'm sure there's things that you do that cultivate positivity and that sort of constructive approach. So, so what do you do? Yeah. I was thinking about, you said something like that to me when we talked earlier and I was thinking about it last night because we were on with this woman I was talking about on a zoom and I don't know, John was saying something like, Oh yeah, this kind of sucked or, or whatever it was, maybe it was to do with travel or with COVID and I was like, yeah, but and then I kept like, what got the positive? Because so I was actually getting a little annoying because I was like, you know, conscious of it. Um, but yeah, I think I, there really is no like practice that I do. I think it's just honestly, I hate wasting time. And I know that if I'm going to sit around and think about something that I can't control and think about it negatively, it's not just not going to get me anywhere. So that's that's the reality. And I think, you know, there's an element of me just thinking, oh, everything really does happen for a reason. Because why not think like that? I mean, I just don't, I don't know why anyone would not. Um, because it gives you the sense of sort of comfort and, and looking at the bright side. So I don't, maybe I just feel like I don't have time for it. You know, it, if nothing productive comes out of it, out of being negative, essentially, I, I'm not going to do it. And, you know, I guess what, um, what makes you, I mean, I feel like your personality being very people driven, being very positive, that too is not exactly the stereotype of a big firm lawyer, right? So what is it that makes you uniquely, what, what do you think is your competitive advantage as an attorney? 
just, you know, like, what is it that just like, Hey, you know what? And maybe for someone, you know, I'm thinking about someone that I know that, you know, so in the kind of patent litigation I've done, there's people that are, this is the substantive, you know, this person really loves, loves diving into the chemistry, you know, maybe somebody else is really all about, you know, briefing this issue, um, you know, and, and writing in, in general. I mean, so there's, there's diff these different niches you can take. Uh, and I'm being pretty specific and substantive about it. So it definitely doesn't have to be that, but I feel like everyone should have some sense of, you know, what their unique contribution is. I, I feel like, you know, something that I was very into was, um, experts, vetting experts really enjoyed that process. Uh, and I felt like, you know, it, it was, um, I felt like I had a lot of good judgment about people. So, you know, anything that involved judgment is um, something that I like to to lean on. So what do you think is your magic sauce when it comes to pricing? What makes you different? What, what, what makes you different than say, I guess other, uh, you know, say other attorneys at your firm um, or attorneys in your practice group? I mean, I guess, I guess both are useful comparisons, but you know, I, I just want to understand better what makes you, what makes you tick. Yeah, I haven't thought about that really. <laughs> um, so I would say probably maybe from a client's perspective, like one, if something needs to get done, it's going to get done and it's going to be timely and I'm not going to jam them up, which I, you know, it, it kills me when, you know, anyone on my team, I'm like, you can't, you can't give them that little time. It cannot happen that way. Um, so I think it's, you know, client service and then efficiency. Um, you know, if you throw a bunch of stuff at me at once, I'll just take it all and, and work it whatever way, you know, with help, of course, but, um, I think those are the two things and it's, it's interesting or funny. I don't know. Ironic that you bring up, like you love vetting experts. Um, I've got a couple of people I work with where they, we got an appeal the other day uh, from a client and I said like three words. I was like, Oh, we've got this case. And then the uh, lawyer I was talking to, he's like, I love appeals. And I was like, okay, I'll put you on, you know? And so I don't have, I mean, I, I get, it sort of goes with the whole, like, I just take things as they come. I'm not a person that's like, I just really love oral argument. You know, I love writing a brief. I love getting stuff done, but I sad or not like substance is not my thing. I love working a case. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I, I really admire people who are like, this is what I really like to do. And I super enjoy every minute of it. because I don't think I'm like that at all. Well, it's interesting. Cause I think tying this to your earlier comments about, you know, how you, the, the sort how you've like navigated your career, but not, particularly like thought about a direction. I think those two come together. Like maybe your competitive advantage is being chill. I mean, that's, that's a legitimate competitive advantage because there's a, that's not exactly a super common trait among lawyers. Yeah. I would love that. If that was my <laughs> superpower. That'd be awesome. What do you think makes you effective at, uh, at managing? Still trying to work on that one. Um, I think I can do a lot of moving parts well um but i think what i need to work on honestly and it wasn't exactly a question it's just expectations like i can move really quickly that doesn't mean that everyone can so i'm sort of trying to work through um it's something we hosted this women's event not too long ago i think in november and um the woman had a really great point she was like our like featured speaker she was like you you gotta sort of listen to your team observe them and find out what their strengths are and they're going to be doing a ton of stuff with you but, you know, when you, when you have that golden ticket, the appeal or whatever it might be, you know, bring that person on and give them that sort of token to be like, hey, and now I'm giving you something you really enjoy. And so that was a, a good thing to hear where it's, it shouldn't be as mechanical as I treat it sometimes, I think. Um, so, yeah, but I'm, I'm trying to work on that aspect a ton. 
you mentioned just now someone that you admired and learned from. I mean, is there one or two people that you've really admired that you can mention? And, and you know, what have you learned from those people? One that comes to mind immediately, because I feel like I think this a lot, is Cindy Chang. And she, you may know her. Um, she was a past president of the PAPA. I just have never seen someone that does, and, and the woman who I'm speaking of, Kim Yapchai, um, who was our speaker, both of them have this trait. Um, although I know Cindy a lot better and have just fortunately met Kim somewhat recently, but they, they are extremely successful. Just, you know, their reputation is fantastic and they're just so warm while still doing all of the substantive stuff and leading and all that. And I, I just, that's a quality I really admire because I don't, I don't think, you know, I haven't seen it a ton and there's the stereotype, right. Of, of women that are sort of at the top and they had to claw their way up or, or whatever it might be. So they're not. Uh, super kind to those they're looking down on. And I've seen it, you know, I don't think that's true of everyone, but I've certainly seen it. So for Kim and Cindy, I mean, they're just outstandingly warm people and who doesn't like to be around that. And like, what have, you know, are there any tactical principles or, or just, you know, day-to-day principles that like, have carried you from, from like, I, I had a great mentor, um, Adam Kelly, in uh in law school he was an alum and he was my new court coach and uh you know it, it was a it was a lot of work to take on new court there was just you know uh, my partner felice and i were just were prepping so much i think we prepped maybe about we, we mooted at about i think a dozen law firms or so like we really went to town yeah. and uh yeah it was it was so draining and in in you know we were, we were going through the competition and i remember adam said hey you know just all you have to do is survive today and that was, you know, that that's definitely helped me with a lot of days at a law firm. That that one comment paid dividends. So I don't know if there's a comment like that for you that's just paid dividends over time. Yeah, I like that one too. Um, there's two, and they come from my best friend. Um, her name is Rebecca, but she she's awesome. And whenever I have anything hard, I turn to her. So she's super lucky for that. But um, she one thing she says is everything is temporary. Like you could be totally stressing about something in the moment. And I absolutely do. Um, especially where it's like a situation I don't have control over. And she's like, everything is temporary. Like you're going to look back at this and it's going to be something in the past. It's going to work out, you know? So I like that one. And then the other one that I, I really love, and I just mentioned it yesterday, last night is she, I don't know what I turned to her and I was like, Oh, I did this thing. Like I mailed someone. I, I, I don't know what it was like, at all, but it was like a nice thing to do for someone. But I was sort of hesitating that I did it. And she's like, Avanti, when you do anything that's good or positive, like don't stress over it. What's the point? You know, it's a good thing. Mm. And so I do that that one a lot where maybe I was going to say when I connect people and I'm like, oh, should I have done that? But that's not really a good example. And I don't know that I can think of one right now, but I, I like constantly repeat that to myself. And I'm like, oh, I, I did that with great intention. Like that's don't stress over it. It'll, it'll work out, whatever it is. So now I'm thinking about what the future is going to look like for you. And I know you're not, you know, it sounds like the, you know, um, concretely about, and I think, I think I admire you in, I can see how that flexibility is really useful. And I, I frankly, I could use the dose that myself. I think I, I've historically been very, you were kind of right. You know, I think, uh, I had charted my career kind of very, um, you know, um, substance, I think. And now I'm learning to be a lot looser right now. Like this, the fact that we're recording right now is, is part of that. And so I wonder, you know, is this, you know, we're coming at the end of the year. 
are you, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that a morning person might be, uh, or somebody who works out in the morning anyways, might be collecting their thoughts on the year, uh, you know, like what the year meant to them or thinking about next year. Is that a process you're going through right now? Um, I kind of feel like I do that constantly. So it's not so much a year, you, you know, that's a, that's a good question. So, you know, people have new year's resolutions, obviously. And whenever but I'm now thinking about it, but it's been a year because we're coming up on the new year. Um, whenever people are like, I'm going to do this. I, I think to myself, I'm like, you know, I, I think I do that every day where I'm like, what do I want to do? What do I want to get out of this? What do I want to do next? So it's, it's never, yeah, it's actually not, not a year end thing. Uh, it's like tomorrow let's fix or improve or whatever it may be. Yeah. It's interesting you say that. Cause I historically have not really been one for, like you're saying, like a year end thing or, or come with goals for the year. I am actually experimenting with it this year. Um, but yeah, historically I've always been like, Hey, you know what? I just, I just make changes and I just go. Um, so, you know, something I did, it wasn't even intended to be a new year's resolution, but, uh, almost a year ago, I cut out caffeine and alcohol and I can't even believe that it'll, at the end of the month, it'll be a full year. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I don't, I don't know how I did it. But um, yeah, so I, I, I'm kind of collecting my thoughts now and I'm trying to figure out what comes next. And yeah, I guess I'm just interested in, you know, I guess, what do you think? Um, I, I mean, I guess you're thinking on such a a day-to-day basis. So what are you thinking about? Like, what are the changes that you want to make? I, I'm trying to put my, I'm trying to get inside your head. I just want to understand how you think. And so like, what is it that you want to change? What is the thing that you're looking at change? Yeah, um, I think it's, you know, so Peloton, there's like obviously such a culture and a following with Peloton and they are, you know, the, the um, instructors are super motivational, but I, I absolutely love Ellie Love. So she does this Sundays with love. So it's, it's become like, she starts with, you know, she starts with sort of the same artist every time. And at now she's got like a theme where she'll be like, okay, today's ride. And what sticks out to me is when I did yesterday or whenever. And she's like, it's about compassion. And she like goes through three stages, all this stuff. So I love that. I was like, okay, compassion is something I can work on. Like, it's not, um, you know, there aren't moments when I'm like, God, I'm an asshole, <laughs> hopefully. But there's just ways, you know, and John teaches me this all the time. He just is always looking to like make someone else's life better. I don't think I am that way. Um, I know I'm not. And so I think that's one thing where I'm just like, don't need to be so deliberate in what my next steps are. I mean, I already still can, but just focus on like other people and how to, how to make that their lives or them better um so that's a that's a big one i like that i, I like ali love i yeah. like her strength training classes that's mostly what i, I don't have a peloton i don't okay. have space for it or anyways i haven't made space for it but well i think we covered a lot is there anything else that you uh you feel like we could have touched on or no i think your questions are awesome and i always love talking to you so thanks for doing it i'm glad we did it yeah, for sure. I'm glad we worked it out. <laughs>